Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. I'm super excited about today's guest. Me too. And I'm, I'm a bit envious actually. Okay, because you don't have such spectacular glasses or hair? No, the beard. It was a good beard. <laughs> it was a great beard. Tom's got a great beard. I, I admire a good beard because they're bloody hard to make them look good and not ratty and messy. Yeah, I'm not going to say much or we'll get more hate mail and I managed to dig myself a couple of holes in this episode. I don't need any more. And I, I was happily standing by just watching you dig, Coxie. I thought you had my back, Was I, I was behind you watching you dig a hole. Yeah, thought you had my back. So today's episode, we're doing something a little different for a Tuesday. We're actually, we're being Swearing. free and easy and we're using some adult words mm-hmm. um, where it's natural except for the first one, which I just forced out. Um, but today's guest talks about, well, not forcing out anything and, um, yeah, we've been looking forward to this interview talking about men and women and leadership and feelings and just how to do this whole, uh, human relationships thing a bit better. You put a bow on that very nicely, Warwick. Well done. Thanks, Coxie. I really appreciate you. And I appreciate you. Can we not get off feeling? Really? What's wrong, Nicole? Would you like to talk about it? Actually, Warwick, I'm feeling a little annoyed just at this very minute. Should mm, we go into that right shit. now? I don't think we no, should. I'm sorry I asked. We'll do that off air. <laughs> but today's episode is is uh, another look at, I guess, um, modern uh, relationships. And particularly for those of you working together with a spouse or a partner in a business or if you're employing staff, It can be a bit tricky at times to manage our communication and actually... (laughs) I'm rolling my eyes at you. ...work with the other person. Uh, I wasn't thinking of you then, Coxie. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, great chat with Tom Bell from Tomorrow Man. If you haven't heard about them, you're going to want to look them up after today's chat. Mm. And uh, they're doing some fantastic work. um, And I think there are some awesome pointers in here, both for men and women, um, on just how to do this whole thing better than we're currently doing it. So... uh, Enjoy. It's a cracker. I'm really excited about today's guest. Well, I'm excited because actually, you know what I really want to know about today's guest? What? What color his eyes are because he's wearing these really funky glasses. They're the best glasses <laughs> I've ever seen. Uh, when They're we, pearly blues. Look at those. They're pearly look blues. Look at those hey, sharp eyes. They're a little faded, Tom. What? It's been a big week, mate. It's been a big week. (laughs) So we're joined today by Tom Bell from Tomorrow Man. Uh, And Tom is going to... Actually, I don't know what the fuck Tom's talking about with us today. And today is an explicit episode if you didn't get that from the (laughs) F-bomb. And and I think, like, for me today is very much a no-bullshit chat about um, change, about... Uh, I, I guess living the life we want, and I'm hoping Tom's going to make that sound way better than I just made it sound. So, uh, <laughs> mate, welcome to the show. 
Thanks, team. Really appreciate you having us on. It's <laughs> and and I'm pretty impressed because Tom is currently stalking his own house, uh, sitting in a car, <laughs> <laughs> having just got in from uh, days in the bush. So, mate, uh, what the hell is tomorrow, man? And who is Tom Bell? Yeah, well, it's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll start with the tomorrow man angle, hey? We'll, we'll see what we kind of get to Sounds from there. Good. Um, but look, Tomorrow Man was really the brainchild of uh, the best mate of mine, Tom Harkin. Uh, and we both grew up in a, in a, in a part, of, part of Australia, a very beautiful part of Australia, down the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria. Uh, and and I'll, look, I'll speak on my behalf that, you know, like growing up in a world where didn't necessarily have a whole lot of really impressive male role models around, I always say, uh, where I went to high school, it was kind of like for the blokes, you kind of had three ways kind of go so you could either become a builder uh, you could become a plumber or you could become a sparky <laughs> and to be really transparent i was doing drama and pe at school and i was <laughs> never going to be a fucking tradie like it was not <laughs> um i'm useless i can do, i can use a hammer but i don't know whether a screwdriver is a left-hander or a right <laughs> so, you know. um so growing up in that environment that was that was kind of where the blokes played it was like you became a tradie uh for the women it was more around like you become a nurse or maybe a school teacher and then it was you know you marry your high school girlfriend when you leave school uh babies are at 21 buy your first house at 23 and you never really leave um and for me i always just wanted a bit bit more i wanted to, to kind of experience something different and uh and my best mate tom was in a similar similar kind of world in terms of like learning what it meant to be a man by your local footy club or your local cricket club mm. but wasn't necessarily the best role models of what it kind of meant to be a bloke. Um, Bullshit. So, You're kidding me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, so, look, Tomorrow Man's really just it's, – it's a space where we try and create really honest conversations about what's going on for, for Australian men at the moment. Um, there's, you know, there's a few challenges at the moment in terms of, like, where do you kind of sit? What role do you play? We, we play a different role now than, you know, my old man played and – so it's more around fostering environments for guys to get together and just have a really honest chat about, all right, well, what's kind of working for the stereotype of Australian blokes? Um, and then what's not? Do we want to change it or do we not? Mm. I love this. I, as a mother of three young boys, and they're lucky to have um, a great father and stepfather, but it is hard work learning how to be a man. It is really hard. I... I, I Find, I, I feel it's harder for a man at the moment than it is for a woman in that God that's going to get some shit feedback but <laughs> in that I'll just let you keep digging the hole next, in that there are not many uh, I've got a great dad but his generation sucked at being r- good role models for what men should be they really yeah, did I agree. and it's raised a generation mm. of our, I'm going to broadly say our age group You're generalizing I am um, of men that really don't understand what it is to be a man, what it is to lead, what it is to have strength and security within themselves. It's, it's, it's a difficult time for men. I think that they are unsure broadly of their space and how to be who they think they should be and is that even right anymore and what do I do mm. if I don't think it's right? So I just love that we have more guys coming together who are able to put up their hand and say, Let's have a chat. Let's talk about this. What do we think? Because nothing's wrong. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what your opinion is. It's not wrong because that's your opinion for you. But let's have some conversations together about where we feel we all fit and yeah. how we can do better or how yeah. we can change what we don't particularly like. It's, it's a 
bloody brilliant yep. concept. You pitching for a job? No. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it a lot of what we're doing, re- right? Yeah. You raise a really good point, though, because the world's getting more and more kind of complex in terms of, you know, the roles that um, exist in business. Uh, and then the roles of, you know, the, the dad is, is now so different. Yes. Um, you know, like it's not that idea of, all right, where you come home from work, you sit on the couch, you drink your whiskey and your discipline. That's it's not the reality of it. Uh, and the, the reality is you've got a bunch of like amazing dads out there that are doing some really incredible stuff. And they are changing the dial on what it means to be like a dad these days. Mm. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of guys that are going, well, I didn't see my dad do it. So I don't, like, am I doing it right? Is, like, is it okay? Um, so I think there's a bit of just like, there's really questioning around it. Um, and one of the things I think is also really important is no one actually knows what it means to be like the man of tomorrow or the woman of tomorrow, you know? Um, so we've got to get in the room and kind of have those conversations. Mm. This is something that women have been doing forever. You know, whether it be we, – we're big talkers. We're big communicators, right? We might not do it effectively at times, but we are big talkers. So we used to – in my mum's generation, the whole family would – you know, the women would – folk would get together in the kitchen and they'd talk together. And they'd talk about yeah. marriage problems or relationship breakdowns or problems with kids or whatever it might be. The blokes, they were just out the back, back having a beer and a ciggy and enjoying their afternoon talking about footy. Right, <laughs> that's going to help anything. But women yeah. have been doing it for years. I, d- I don't know that we do it particularly well, but we do at least – come together and find that commonality or we can help problem solve which is something that guys are frightened to do they're not Mm. it's not a comfortable space for them to get into until they get there and realize hang on a minute tom and joe and bob all have the same problems i do or they're very similar or what i'm feeling isn't abnormal and they've been through it before which is something i think Mm. women are traditionally well they traditionally find it easier than men have so i'm hoping that they find it they find it easier from a really young age. Like I've got a yes. two and a half year old little daughter and every night before she goes to bed, you know, she's got her little baby and we put baby's name Starboy, good name for a little baby. <laughs> and put, put Starboy in the cot, but then her two teddies, Puppy and Bunny, they kind of come along and they ask Starboy, how's your day, Starboy? And Starboy tells Puppy and Bunny about the day uh, and she's two and a half and yeah. she's already, you know, communicating in that way. Uh, it's it's a natural kind of way that she's just it's, it's for her it's inherent you know like yes. we sit at the table and the first thing she says to me is how's your day data mm. um, whereas I think that for a lot of blokes we've grown up in a world where dad wasn't really great at communication so we didn't necessarily see it we don't get it in the education system we're not taught how to communicate we're given the hard skills but the soft skills kind of don't really exist um, the interesting thing is though. As soon as you provide those spaces and you get those blokes in a room and there's no women around mm-hmm. because we're still a bit, you know, like primal in that aspect and we like to impress the women when they're around. But when it's just the blokes in a room, it is amazing the amount of honesty that comes out um, and the power that mm. these blokes will kind of speak with. It's incredible. Go on, was You're going to say the same thing as me anyway. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I was going to say, I don't think you've dropped a single profanity yet, Coxie. Fuck off, Warren. <laughs> uh, and how good does that feel? But I, I was just going to actually say, so where, well, where do we go wrong? But that assumes that what we've currently got is wrong. Yes. Um, is it actually an issue? And if it is, then what are the signs of that? Mm. It's a great question. 
And I don't think that we've gone wrong. I think we're, like, we're learning. Mm. Um, and I think that there's a, there's a big learning piece at the moment, you know. I remember, you know, 10 years ago when you went to a, any high school in Australia, if you threw out the word mental health, people freaked out. Mm. If you go into a high school nowadays and throw out the word mental health, the young people in that generation are really capable to have a really honest conversation around what it means. Um, and it's starting to, in an odd way, go upstream as well mm. because I don't know how many workplaces we're getting phone calls from at the moment going, hey, we've got six blokes out on stress leave at the moment. We need to be on the front foot here. Mm. What can we be doing to get these guys that you know we employ and we want them around, how do we get them to be chatting around what's going on in their personal life, what's going on at work, mm. so that you know we don't have to pay out this three-month of stress leave and so that these guys are leading healthier lives. You know, They're more productive in their workplace. They're more productive when they're back home with their families. Um, but again, it's a, it's a muscle that we have to grow in, in terms of that communication piece. Mm. Mm. So I, I guess uh, I'm wondering, having played in this space just personally out of, out of um, I, I guess, altruism and my own personal experiences, and I've talked about them on the podcast before, are men actually going to change and start talking about their shit? Because there are so many organizations saying, you know, it ain't weak to speak and you've got to talk up and share your problems and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I particularly loved the, the line from, I think it was your video, Tom, that, you know, your dick won't fall off if you share your feelings. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was right. It was a good one. Yeah, it was strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we know this stuff as men, uh, but men don't seem to be changing from my perspective. You know, I have regular conversations with, with guys who just, they're completely lost with how to talk to their wife better, how to lead their teams better, how to be a leader in their communities. And they just seem to be completely fucking stumped as to what it is to be a man and how do I talk about my feelings when I don't know how, you know? So I don't know, is it is it actually... Is it changing and do you think it's likely to change? I think that it is changing, but I think that we can't expect change just to happen overnight. Like That's the other thing. When you've grown up in a world where you're not taught how to communicate, we can't expect to go, right, things have changed. From now on, guys, be awesome at communicating. (laughs) It's just not going to work like that. Like There's no way it's going to work like that. I feel like I was incredibly fortunate to grow up and have some amazing role models like you know, from about the age of 16 onwards, some really powerful men in my life and male friendships um, that kind of saw the best and worst in each other. And we learned how to communicate on that on that level. Um, so I feel very fortunate in that. I do think when you go into environments, whether it's workplaces, and, and that's like we work in a lot of blue-collar workplaces around the country, um, do a bunch of work with professional amateur sports clubs and then a bunch of work in education. And the more times you work in those environments, the more you see guys taking those little steps, you know. Mm. Um, we're, we're doing a big piece of work with a client at the moment and I'm seeing um, these guys for kind of a half-day workshop uh, once every three months. And it's amazing watching their progress, you know, from the first workshop when I went in there and just the absolute terror on the face. Mm. And, you know, like those blue-collar environments you walk in yeah, yeah, yeah. and the guys are sitting there, arms crossed, big beards, high beers. <laughs> like their body their body language just says, who the fuck are you and get out of here. I don't want any part of it. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yep. Um, to when you come back the second time, their body language still says that. 
but they, they they're in straight away. You yeah. know, they've got the buying straight away. By the third time you're working with them, you're watching them have these conversations, and that body language has completely changed. You know, they're like they're leaning into the conversations with their mate. They're really present. They're asking some really important, like second and third questions, to find out what's going on for each other. Um, and then when you kind of even go outside of that, you hear kind of you know their managers saying been amazing watching the difference in the language on you know just even on, at toolbox in the morning or at smoko the way that, that they're talking to each other's changing so it, it has to be practiced mm. and i think until we until we really get better at teaching it in, in the education system um we're not going to get the change that we need so i think we need to start there um and there is there's, a, there's an amazing bunch of young kids especially young blokes you know that are coming through teaching their old man how to say i love you like yes. that's an amazing thing Yes. You know, how awesome is that? Like the, I grew up in a house where it wasn't really said. I mean, you see it you see it all the time with these young kids. Um, so I think that the next generation coming through will hopefully be more equipped with it. Um, but right now it's how do we how do we look after the blokes that are, you know, our age, you know, like 30s, 40s. How do we equip them with the skill set? And it has to be something that you just practice every time. Um, you know, you're not going to go out there and kick a perfect torp the first time you try and kick a torp. You know, you've got to practice a few times. So. I'm a big believer in there needing to be space for men to come together as men. Again, I think it's something we find well in this communication space as women. I don't see men finding the space or creating the space quite so well. Do you have any tips on guys I guess just taking those opportunities to come together and actually start to share you know start to break down some of those walls so they can have some bigger conversations together yeah I mean one of the things that that we're running all around the country at the moment these things that we just call a night with the blokes and the simple like premise of it is is rocking up in a small town whether it's um you know any any sort of community and trying to get all the blokes in the community to come along to this night and give them some really basic skill sets just to learn what are the questions to ask a mate if they're going through a tough time uh, and how do I do it in a way that's really digestible for a, ma- for a male to take on. Um, I think that yeah, there's a lot of places out there that are, you know, like preaching to the converted, yeah. where it's like you've got this, this group of guys that are, you know, like, you know, I'm trying to think what the best term for it is, but, you know, like they've already done like their men's circle or they're involved in yoga and all this kind of stuff. Um, but the everyday mainstream male isn't going to buy into that. No. So how do you do it? How do you how do you provide a space where it's like, all right, well, this is legitimately just a conversation and we're just going to play around with it. You'll have a chat with the bloke next year, but you want to do it in a way that the everyday male is totally fine and comfortable with it Mm. um so that's what we're trying to do with our night with the blokes and then the idea is well how do you provide them with the toolkit so they can do this without us being in the room Mm. um and that's the next piece i think around it and there's there's a bunch of different things that are popping up around the country um you know where blokes are doing like you know a bike ride every saturday morning stopping for coffee and sitting down and having a chat or they're you know like they're doing like um Thursday night dart night, but it's also like Thursday. They, you know, there's a, there's a group of guys that I know around here that call it Thursday night mental health night. I think it's more of an excuse <laughs> just to have a couple of beers together, yeah, yeah. but they do, but they actually do talk about what's going on in their life. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that five years ago you would have had you know a bunch of forty four year old dudes going, hey, Thursday night mental health night, 
and sure, it's an excuse for a beer. But even even saying that, you yeah. know, I don't think that would have happened four no, or five years ago. Never. Mm. I love the concept of, um, I guess, anybody, any group of people coming together and talking quite openly. It doesn't matter how that is, whether it's over a beer or over crocheting. Who cares? Just mm. come together and actually yeah. have a bit of a chat, right? Totally. Mm. Well, I mean, like we talk about being like so more connected than we can ever be, you know, and everyone walks around with a, with a mobile phone in your hand and, you know, we're so connected, we're so connected with everything. Um, but the reality of it is that the – the way that we're connected now means that we don't actually connect face-to-face. Mm. Uh, we connect through a device a lot of the time or through text or whatever it is. Um, so one of the things that's really missing is that soft skill. Like mm. how do you how do you get people in a room to have face-to-face conversations? Um, because there is a real element of disconnect that exists there. Um, I don't like like – the, the UK appointed a Minister of Loneliness last year. Oh, after, wow. that's uh, yeah, uh, yeah, after Penn State University put out a report saying the next global epidemic will be loneliness. And it's like, how can we be loneliness if we're more connected than ever? But I think that's where it comes back to that face-to-face piece, you know? Yeah. Mm. I, mm. I hear from a, a lot of guys, uh, in business especially, that they're just too busy. You know, they've got too much going on. Uh, they, they don't have time to go to the, the darts night or the whatever it is. You know, they've stopped playing footy. Uh, they don't have the time for those things. Is mm. there, <laughs> I, I guess, you know, there's no magic bullet solution to any of this stuff. The individual has to take some responsibility. But have you perhaps heard some stories where, you know, someone's made a change no matter how small and that sort of cascaded into something bigger and better? Yeah, I think it's a good example. Like, well, I think when you talk about being busy at work and not having the time to invest in those things, it's, it's proven that if you have better conversations with the people that you work with, the happiness within the business increases, but also your outputs increase and you're mm. better at your job. Mm. Um, so I think there is some responsibility on, on, on employers in that aspect to go, well, how do I provide a space for my male staff, my female staff, or both of them to come together and have those conversations as well? And how do we invest in that? Um, because sure, you may be investing in the mental health of the people that you employ, but at the same time, by investing in their mental health and their their ability to have communication, um, face-to-face communication, your outputs in your business are going to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like people are going to feel far, far happier at work. They're going to go the extra distance. And, you know, if they look across and see someone struggling in the workplace, rather than, you know, bitching behind their back or jumping up to their supervisor and being like, you know, what the fuck's going on with this bloke? They're able to step into that conversation and go, you know, Mate, what's going on? Like, why, 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 like, why yeah. have you fallen off this week? What is it? Like, do you need me to take something off your back? Like, do you need me to take some of this load, or is everything all right at home? But until we're comfortable enough to have those conversations, then we beat around the bush the whole time. Um, and the more we beat around the bush, the less productive we are in a workplace as well. Mm. well Tom, why do you think so many men are so scared to have that initial conversation? To say that in a different way of, mate, what's going on? Versus, what the fuck's going on? Like, wh- why is it so hard for us to make that shift? Yeah, I wish I had a really good answer for you. <laughs> uh, Damn, I was going to bottle uh, that and sell it. <laughs> I know. No, but I, I, I do think it comes back to, like, we're, we're products of our environment. Mm. 
and we were raised by an older generation that didn't do it. Mm. Yeah. Um, so we need to be the generation that make that change, you know. Um, and until we can be the generation that make the change, like we can't expect it to be a different place. Um, I, I, you know, in, even in becoming a, a, a dad, I remember thinking to myself, right, I need to be the one that changes what is what it means to be a male for my daughter, you know. Like yeah. I need her to see that dad comes home from work, uh, you know, gives mum a kiss and a hug, tells her he loves her, uh, plays with my daughter, like helps out around the house, like, and, you know, every day tells mum how perfect she is. Like I need my daughter to grow up in a world where she sees that. Mm. But it, it, And then I started thinking, why do I need it just for my daughter? Like, shouldn't everyone have that in their worlds, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that once that change starts to come through, we will see it in men. Um, and, and the stats around it kind of say, it's about 70% of Australian men say that they're there for their mates, you know? So, which is, which is great, but only half the country. It's about 48% of Australian men say that they couldn't reach out to a mate if they were struggling. Um, so there's a real disconnect that plays out there. So if half the country aren't able to reach out to someone if they're struggling, mm. like we've got ourselves a bit of a crisis, mm. you know, yeah. and we need to upskill those people so that if they do have some tough times, um, they know what they can do. They know they can reach out to a mate. And it's not always easy. Like I remember being 25 years old and living, you know, I was living in Perth at the time and just had a relationship breakdown. I was heartbroken. I was a mess so hard to pick up the phone and call and call my mates and go, guys, I'm really struggling, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it's a tough thing to do. Um, but like anything, the more and more we practice kind of speaking, it's, it's a muscle that grows, you know? And the more and more we practice it, the bigger and bigger that muscle gets and just, yeah, the far better we become at communicating. I want to talk a little bit about how important it is to have man time and woman time and family time and yourself time. I think it's a skill that's been lost uh, very quickly and I feel that men, and this contributes to the confusion about what it is to be a man and a father and a husband and a business owner, I feel that they're so busy trying to please everyone in their lives that they're not taking that time to please themselves. And I think women are in in quite a similar situation. However, we do have that gift of communication innately, right from the very beginning for Mm. most of us. But I feel like uh, women, again, here comes the hate mail, sorry. It's only my observation. We don't necessarily encourage our men to go and take the man time because traditionally in like my father's generation, so 25 years beyond my age, which isn't very old, I'm very young, uh, (laughs) you know, that might have looked like going out with their mates for a few drinks and to the strippers or whatever it might be, you know, because they didn't do the talking. And I don't, this, this current generation and the next generation of men, that's not really their thing. What they actually want to do is have those opportunities to come together as men and communicate and share and talk and share experiences and do all of those things but they're so busy trying to be everything for everybody they don't get to be who they need to be themselves so I guess Mm. I probably want to voice that as a woman because it might be a little bit hard for the women to hear Uh, maybe a little bit and maybe it gives some men a little bit if I said it yeah well that's true (laughs) but maybe it will give some men some more confidence or, or the ability to even share this podcast and just say hey look we also need our time together do you, mm. I, I just I, feel like I, I it's really missing. I think, um, and I've spoken to you, Coxie, about this before. 
I think men actually have to take some responsibility for the fact that we don't say, hey, it's really important to me that I go do this because I feel like I'm calmer, happier, more loving or whatever after I've been away for a, a weekend up the beach with the boys for a surf. Mm. You know, we don't say that because mm. I, I think a lot of us have lost our confidence to say those things without fear of retribution and so we sort of we tiptoe around it and then we don't do it because we think that's going to make everybody happy and in fact the opposite is true and I experienced that personally in my life where I got the wrong idea in my head of how to have a great family and marriage and all that sort of stuff and I ended up doing the opposite of what was good for, for everybody mm. you know and it cost yeah, me the, okay. it cost me the lot and so now mm. i actually you know i've i've met a very supportive woman who actually recognizes that partly because that's her profession uh, of working in mental health so she's positively encouraging those behaviors um but both of us have actually made an agreement that you know what this is important to both of us my wife needs time on her own. She needs time with her girlfriend. She's going out to catch up with a, a couple of friends tonight um, for a, you know, a late coffee or an early wine or something. I'll get home from work. I'll be home by myself, which will be kind of cool because I don't have a lot of time on my own. And it just all kind of works. And then tomorrow we'll hang out together. And then you know I'm yeah. going to go do some stuff with the boys on Sunday. It's like it just works. But I think there has to be agreement about that um, up front, whether that's in a workplace or a marriage or a family setting, to say, hey, this is what's really important to me. Mm. And I think that's what we've all got to get more comfortable to say is what we need. You know, this is yeah, what yeah. I need. Um, yeah, yeah. Without going, oh, but that's going to upset them. Have you found similar yeah. in your experience, Tom? Yeah, well, I always find like if, like if I don't exercise, I'm a nightmare to be around, you know, and it's like there's a few things that you've got to do that, that, that are just for you Yes. and sometimes they're really hard to prioritise, you know, like whether it is the fact that, you know, like I've been away all week, not going to kind of have that much time with the family. I'm home for the weekend and then i got to fly out again. But it's like how do I prioritise? Well, I need to go for a run because I need to do something so that I'm, I'm a better dad, I'm a better partner. Um, and I think that it is, it is about being able to have that conversation with your partner and go, Hey, I actually would really love to be able to do this today. Um, because I think it's going to make me a better, a better partner. The hard thing is, um, that it, when it's, uh, when it's like, Oh, Hey, I really need to go to the pub on Friday and get absolutely shit faced and then not come <laughs> home until, you know, one thirty, and then I'm useless on the, on the Saturday. I think that there's a fine line that you've <laughs> yeah. got to balance there. Agreed. Uh, Choose your activities that, yeah, wisely. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but again, it comes down to like have, taking accountability for your own actions um, for both parties in any sort of relationship. Uh, and that goes for a work relationship as well, you mm. know, having that autonomy. You need to be able to do so. Um, but getting back to that point around 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 friends, I think, well, and, and mates, I think, Australia's good at, we're really good at mateship. We're not necessarily great at friendship, mm-hmm. um, you know? So it's like, ah, hey, mate, how you doing? But we're, uh, are we really able to sit with our friends and have those conversations? Um, and for me, I think that's a big driver is, is having those friends where, um, where you feel like you can just be yourself, you know, where it doesn't feel like it takes work or it doesn't feel like it takes energy. Mm. Um, and, you know, if you're, in, if you're a couple, how, how amazing it is to have couple friends mm. that are also like that, you know, where it doesn't yeah. feel like it's work, doesn't feel like it's energy, 
Um, like we've got a couple of friends that, you know, like we'll see over a weekend and we leave and it's like, I feel rejuvenated, you know, that doesn't feel like it was work. It doesn't feel like it was anything. Um, but having those people in your life is really important. Um, yeah. and then for you, for you and your partner to have that communication, mm. you know, I think it's a great one that you're able to, you know, go out with for the boys tomorrow and your wife's able to go out for a beer tonight or a wine tonight. Um, but you need to know each other in that way, you know, yes. like I'm an actual extrovert. I can get to the end of a week like this where I've been going a million miles an hour and been running a bunch of workshops all around the country. I get home on a Friday night and my way of recovering, I'd love to go, you know, like meet up with a couple of friends and have a beer and go out for dinner and whatnot. My partner, would, she's like that. She wants to sit on the couch and read a book. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being that natural introvert, that natural extrovert. But if you're, if you're a team, you've got to work together. You've mm-hmm. got to find out what works for you. And you've got to allow that person to flourish in that. Mm. Yes. Mm. So we have a lot of listeners who work with their partners and, and it's a topic <laughs> that comes up repeatedly uh, on the show. What, what sort of uh, tips or ideas or interruptions um, have you seen work, Tom, for maybe where the communication might be a little off kilter as far as that mutual understanding of what's needed? I mean, do, do you hear stories from guys um, that have overcome that sort of dynamic? Of working together, did you say? Of being able to vibe with your, your partner in a way that's yeah. good for both, you know? Yeah, I just think I, – I really think it goes back to the honesty piece. Um, and the more we can be honest from the get-go, uh, the, the better off we are. And I <laughs> – I mean, without it being too much of an overshare, I remember in the early days um, dating my, my, my partner, there was, I reckon we'd been together about two and a half, three months. And I said to her one day, I was like, I'm going to start farting in front of you. <laughs> and, I love it. And she goes, she's like, all right, yeah, sure. And all week I was like, I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start farting in front of you, you know. I'm just, I'm just warning you. It's going to start happening. It's going to happen. Uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And 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 then finally got to a point where I was comfortable enough to fart in front of her all the time. And and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fart. I'm not a burper. I'm a farter. I do a lot of farts. And uh, and yeah, she's like, "You fart so much." Like, this is like how how were you holding this in for like three months? You know, like how? Uh, but again, that's like a silly example of of where that honesty piece comes in. Yeah. And you need to set it early on in a relationship. Yep. And you need to have those conversations early so that you feel like, and, and like, I mean, that's a silly example of like a, a small piece, mm. but when you have that level of comfort and honesty, you should be able to talk about things like that. Um, and you should be able to move into, all right, well, what's the, what's the next thing that where we have to be honest in, mm. um, you know, and if it is like stress or like, you know, financial stress, there's nothing worse than not being on the same page financially. Mm. But if you don't talk about that stuff, that, then that's where the issues come into play. Yeah. Um, and you need to be able to talk about it in a way where you both stay calm, both stay cool and collected, um, and you need to hear each other. Mm. And I, I think that's the other thing. For a lot of the time, people don't need answers. They just need to be heard. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and, and especially as males, like we don't – like. We're so used to having to fix everything. It's mm. like, oh, something's broken, got to fix it. Yep. Um, it's not even the case. Sometimes it's enough just to be heard. Mm. You don't need to fix. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a big piece that comes into that around the honesty path that, that really sets the, sets the tone moving forward. Mm. 
I heard it. I heard it framed recently, uh, and, and it's a fantastic example, mate. And and I was so relieved when I could start farting in front of my now wife, because uh, <laughs> man, it's hard to hold those. Can things we never in. get to that stage of our relationship, please? I'm, I am not okay with that. <laughs> this is a small office. Uh, just saying, but but I, I heard it uh, framed, or I read it somewhere, and I and I borrowed it. Um, and my my wife and I follow this. It's it's being willing to say. Actually, yes, your bum does look big in that dress. Yes, um, and being okay to go there and to and to have that level of discomfort in the short term uh, for the long term benefit of the partnership, the relationship, mm-hmm. the business relationship. You know, giving critical feedback. I think it's one of the big the big arts or skills that we have lost is an ability to say, Tom, can I give you some feedback, mate? Mm. Um, mm. And it's coming from that place of, I need to share this with you because, and I did this with a mate the other day. I literally mm. had lunch with a mate, and and he was telling me about some issues he's having at home and with his business, and and I I literally sat there, and I guess I'm in a fortunate position that I've been coaching people for a lot of years, so it kind of comes naturally. But I still feel uncomfortable. I said, mate, is it okay if I give you some like blunt, arrogant feedback about what you've just told me? He's like, yeah, man, mm. hit me with it. And I told yeah. him, and he said, you're right. You're absolutely yeah. fucking right. Mm. And I just needed to hear it. And he texted me afterwards and thanked me again. And I think mm. a lot of us as men, you know, we're supposed to be courageous and brave and and out there leading the tribe and all this sort of stuff. And, and again, I feel like a lot of us have just, like if we can't even do that for a mate, a friend, who we care yeah. about and say, yeah, Tom, I really care about you, man, but you've got to stop farting in public, mate. <laughs> like, you're losing everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Sorry, Tom. You're a nice yeah. guy. You've got great glasses. Nice yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but some, someone has to be willing to do that. If, yeah. if we truly care about the people around us, I think that is such a great way to express yeah. that, that care and compassion mm. and love for our, our friends, our partners or whatever. And I think, I think a lot of us have just forgotten that. And that's it's a great point. It, as long as it's coming from a really positive intent and a really positive place, that's a great thing to do. Yes, you know, if you're giving feedback because you're a bit pissed off at someone, that's not fit. That like that's not necessary, you know. But if it comes from a place where it's like, you know, mate, I actually really care about you. I really give a shit. Um, I'd love you to. I'd love you to know this, you mm, know. Mm, uh, mm. And if that doesn't land well with you, I'm happy to sit here and talk to you about it. Um, yeah, I think yeah. There is that, that old analogy of people that will, you know, kind of give you some feedback and then dump it on and then leave. <laughs> yes. It's like, uh, whoa, hey, yeah. you, just, you, just like, you just dumped everything on me and now expect me to be okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah if you can sit in that in, and you can sit in some of that um, that discomfort yeah. with your mates, that's a great thing. And the more you can do that, the better off for sure. I actually uh, went to see a female speak yesterday. I'll leave it at that. I won't drop names. Um, but she was speaking about exactly that. It was um, sitting with the uncomfortable because there are reasons why we're in those situations. And her situation was actually with somebody who was dying in the process. She was actively dying and she was sitting with that person and how uncomfortable that made her, but how important it was for the person she was with to share that moment. And I think the same can be said in these examples. Sometimes what we're talking about is very uncomfortable or sometimes just having the ability to say, hey, buddy, are you all right? I've noticed this or or I'm really worried about your behavior or what's going on at home or, 
You know, mm-hmm. those conversations can be really hard and really difficult to do. But just like uh, Justin from Mates in Construction has said previously, mm-hmm. yep. it's that 30 seconds of courage to just put your hand up and say, hey, buddy, how are you going? You know, I can see that things are a bit of a struggle at the moment. Can we talk about that a bit? Yeah. Yeah. And some of the stories that you, you hear out there from, you know, guys that are working in those kind of real blue-collar environments, they're begging for someone to ask them if they're yes. okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, they don't necessarily know how to reach out, but they really want someone to ask, are you okay, you know. Um, so, and yeah, they want permission to one. share too, I think, is the other thing. I think none of us, men, women, children, whatever, are very good at just openly sharing easily sometimes we need that permission to share so that question is actually opening the gate and allowing somebody just as you've just said the opportunity then to share so those questions are really important I'm not going to walk up to somebody at work or somebody I don't have an intimate relationship with and just share where I'm at I need them to Mm. ask me so that I can share it's a totally yeah you can't expect you can't expect vulnerability to be a one-way street and you just have it coming at you it's like oh yeah guys everyone just spill your guts to me yeah sometimes if you know your mates are struggling sometimes it's worth just going in and going if they're not if they're not kind of if they're not giving you what you think's going on for them sometimes it's worth going hey i was thinking i've got this kind of going on and you give a little bit of yourself yes so that you know so that you normalize it for your mate you know yes you make it comfortable you normalize it oh i've also got some stuff going on oh look now we've got a point where we connect yeah a point that's relatable and now the conversation's a bit easier to flow. Um, but, yeah, you no one wants a one-way street, in it, you know? That's really true. Now, Tom, mm. uh, I know you have a two-and-a-half-year-old who's probably dying to see you, and, <laughs> and you're sitting outside of somebody else's house in your car right now, which is a little creepy. That's true. Oh, yeah, it's, it's very creepy. It is really I'm surprised creepy. we yeah. can't see police lights behind yeah. you, mate. <laughs> so, step out of the car, sir. Uh, so why are you not wearing pants? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not either, so no, that's okay. You're we're in all good the same boat. Um, mate, there yeah. is one question I love to ask our guests uh, here at the Tradies in Business podcast, and that is if you had a thousand tradies in a room, which is probably no, not new for you, uh, but if you had a thousand tradies in a room, what is one piece of advice you would like to leave them with? Oh, that's a great one, isn't it? One piece of advice. Um, probably you're not the only one that's got some shit going on. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Me too. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how often uh, people finish a workshop and go, I just can't believe how many people have got mm. some stuff going on that I didn't know about. <laughs> um, and and it, it's it's so true. You know, mm. like we often we often sit there thinking, oh, I'm the only one that's kind of going through this. Because you look over and your mate at work's doing two jobs. They're doing the job of, you know, their, mm. whatever their role is within the business and they're doing their other job, which is make sure I look like I've got my shit together even if I don't. Yeah. Um, and that's exhausting. Mm. Yeah. And I think that for them to see that people are going through different experiences and they're not necessarily always going to be okay um, and, you know, it's not like they're always struggling, but it might be you go through a rough patch once every six months or – you know, you hit a little bit of financial trouble or the, you know, like you hit a bit of relationship trouble, you, you young fellas like playing at school, whatever it is. Um, we often think that we're the only one going through it and it's just so far from the truth. Mm. Um, so I think if I had a thousand blokes or a thousand like tradies, male or female in the room, the number one thing would be you're not the only one going through shit. Um, trust me, 
there's a lot more people in the room that are going through the exact same thing that you are. We just don't know it yet. It's mm. so true. Brilliant advice, mate. Now, uh, to, to wrap up, I guess, you know, if, if listeners are, are tuning into this and nodding along and thinking, holy crap, yes, uh, give us the pitch for tomorrow, man, and, uh, and where people can go to find out more about it, Tom. Yeah, look, just jump on the socials, uh, tomorrowman underscore au. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff that we're kind of doing, and, and we're very fortunate at the moment to be, you know, working in, in three areas in education, sports, and, and blue and white collar workplaces. Um, and and we're very fortunate as well to have access to a huge number of men. I think like we're working with about twenty five thousand blokes a year at the moment, and it's just it's been an absolute an absolute honour to be able to stand in rooms um, all around the country. Uh, and even around the world with, with some, some, some uh, global work last year, just to stand in front of these blokes and hear these stories, uh, it has been an absolute honour and a privilege. So I feel very lucky to do what we do. Um, but, yeah, if you want to get involved with anything or, or find out what's going on, I'd just jump on the socials. Um, Tomorrowman underscore AU. It's been awesome. awesome chatting with you, Tom. Thank you so much for making time and for doing your hair before you came <laughs> and for your Just sensational for glasses. <laughs> You're the well, man. Well, I, uh, I, I heard that you, uh, that you treat your guests better if they look sharp. <laughs> <laughs> so I, made, I made a conscious effort for you, you know. We were Thank pretty you. kind to you, mate. We, we were. We've done a good job we today. No, it's good. No, I, yeah. Coxie's behaved herself. Heard you were both assholes. <laughs> <laughs> you you wouldn't be the help, first. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, mate. It's Just been don't a- be farting in that little studio. Yeah. No way. <laughs> well, I'm worried about Coxie now. She might let fly. I could. <laughs> mate, uh, <laughs> thank you very much for your time. Um, we really appreciate you taking time out before seeing your family. And, uh, yeah, listeners, get on it. Go check out tomorrowman underscore AU. They have some cool videos. All the links um, are in the notes. They talk about, you know, your dick not falling off, which is just what <laughs> got us in the first place. So, um, mate, uh, keep doing the great work that you guys do and uh, enjoy your family time, buddy. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you having us on as well. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.